been an interesting week. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, a little bit of unrest going on in the country right now um, because of a recent Supreme Court ruling. And uh, have any of you been on Facebook lately? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I want to take a minute just to um, talk through just a couple things, really, before we get into the message and I say, well, Pastor, why would you talk about this? Well, aren't you bringing politics into the pulpit? Well, let's be clear, right? There, there are politics and there are political things and then there are moral issues, right? And, and uh, those um, are well within the grounds of what we should be talking about in pulpits across America. And so when we're dealing with moral issues, it's appropriate. And we're dealing with biblical issues, it's appropriate to speak on these things. And, and we need to. Uh, we need to as a church. So... Um, what happened this week? You've seen the news, lots of different things thrown out there in terms of what actually took place. Okay, uh, two cases were in particular were, were struck, struck down within, within the U.S., uh, the primary one being Roe v. Wade, right? And so we, we've all heard of, of this case. It's in the news all the time. Um, we're familiar with that. What, what did that do? In, in essence, what happened was the Supreme Court said that there is not a constitutional right to abortion within the U.S., right? That, that's what took place. Um, so did that stop abortion in the U.S.? No. All it did is it kicked it down from the federal level to the states. Now, a couple states had, I don't know, about 12, something like that, right? Had different provisions in place. Okay, if this goes through... Um, we'll stop having abortion within our states uh, in case of, except for, you know, situations where a mother's death, life is in jeopardy and, and you're choosing between life and having to make, make a decision there. Um, for the majority of states, Virginia included, um, the decision made, had no effect whatsoever on abortion within, within that local state. Um, so, well, one of the things that sometimes gets missed in the news, I think, is just what is the current state? What, what happens in the U.S. right now in regard to abortion? And I want to just mention this to you. You know, in, in the U.S., in terms of states within the United States, out of the 50 states, um, there are only 22 states that actually have a a stoppage or a, a law in place that prevents uh, an abortion from taking place prior to what they call fetal viability. Now, what, what is fetal viability? Fetal viability is when a baby can be born or be uh, C-section or whatever, taken out of a mother's womb and, and live, right, with basic medical care, modern medical care. There are only 22 states in the U.S., that actually prevent the death of that baby prior to that point. That, that, that's just fact, right? That's just, everybody agrees on that number. Um, for those states, that hasn't changed, right? That, that still continues to be the case. Um, 22 states will allow um, abortion to take place even through the third trimester, um, either for very little reason or situations in which um, we're not just talking about life and physical health of the mother, but even just vaguely mental well-being. So if you could have somebody say, boy, I think this would harm your mental health and have enough doctors agree to that, you can have an abortion 
even up to just days before the birth of a child in 22 states in the U.S. Kind of, kind of hard to fathom, isn't it? I mean, the, going back just 20, 2019 here in Virginia, Governor Northam made a statement that a child could be born, that the child could be cared for, the doctor and the mother could have a conversation and then decide whether or not to abort or kill the infant child. This was in, I mean, this made the BBC News. I mean, the BBC News had article headlines, is Virginia really going to allow infanticide? You say, well, we're talking about Europe. Aren't they, you know, way more, you know, pro-abortion and things than us? Well, not really. You know, in Europe, places like, um, places like Spain uh, limit abortion to 14 weeks or earlier within pregnancy. Places like France have a limit of 16 weeks or earlier in pregnancy. Uh, Italy is, is 90 days, just under 13 weeks. Uh, much earlier than the majority of states and places here in the United States. Virginia Governor Northam, our pro-life uh, governor, is talking about having a conversation about making it 15 weeks and recognizing it's probably going to wind up more like 20 after. Um, and so that's, that's the state that we're in right now in the United States. And, and these are just facts. I mean, that, that nobody argues about, I mean, these are numbers. These are when the dates are set. This is what the laws are. And, um, and so that's the current state of things. So um, for those who love life and those who are, are excited, should we rejoice this week? I would say yes, we should rejoice. We should be glad that there is preservation of life and that in certain places there is a higher likelihood that babies will have a chance to live. One of the main arguments going on against those who are pro-life is, is saying statements like, well, no, no, you're not really pro-life, you're pro-birth, birth, because what are you doing to help these women later? Let, let's talk about that a little bit. Right. What are we as a church doing? What have we done in the past, and what should we continue to do? Well, for, first of all, in regard to pro-birth, right? before you have life, you've got to have the birth part <laughs> take place. Uh, that is kind of essential. That's how it works in the order of things. Um, you know, they, it was the Mississippi Attorney General's office who was dealing and arguing this case before the Supreme Court, but um, they were supported by ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom, attorneys. We are an Alliance Defending Freedom member church that supports them for the cause of life and religious freedom within the U.S. Um, we had a direct role um, in supporting that, and um, that's a very good thing. Beyond that, we do things like support CareNet Peninsula and have in the past with baby bottle campaigns for, for mothers who are considering abortion to know that, okay, there is another option. There is counseling available. There are diapers and there's support. There's infant formula and other things that you can have to, to support you after the birth of your child. There are folks who come alongside you and help you. Um, appreciate the Newport News Police Department posting a car outside CareNet after the recent uh, ruling to make sure that their facility and the people inside were protected. Uh, what else do we do? Well, we support places like the Union Mission in Norfolk. Right, where mothers and young families who are homeless have a place to stay, 
there is hope, there is food, there is shelter, there's spiritual encouragement, and, and places like that that help families who are struggling. Appropriate things to do. You know, in our family, we have enjoyed the, the joy of adoption, and I know that some other families in our church have experienced that through uh, either through adoption or, or foster care. I, I think of, uh, I think of um, the Petersons in particular with Michael as they look after him. Um, but, you know, I, I encourage you, continue supporting those things. You know, the, the, the arguments that folks make that people who are pro-life don't care about other people. They just simply should not be true, right? And our actions should demonstrate that. So let, let me encourage you in this. Uh, it was a great, great thing and a great, great thing that happened for the sake of life. Uh, but there's a lot of work to be done. And, and if we're going to take biblical truth and live it out by day, day by day, uh, then we need to be loving people and helping people and encouraging people uh, in these areas. Um, and, and do encourage you to just press on in these areas. But uh, thankful for what has taken place and uh, looking forward to, to, uh, to the days ahead as, um, as we continue to, to support others. Uh, we're going to be in Galatians 5 today. Galatians 5. Um, Christian kindness is the topic. We've been looking at the fruit of the Spirit together. And uh, we're going to continue uh, working through that through our, our next, um, next uh, fruit. Uh, that's mentioned, fruit of the spirit that's mentioned. Um, you may have this written as gentleness, kindness, or other ways in various versions out there, but Galatians 5.22, I'll put that up on the screen here. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, and the list goes on. You know, as you think about um, certain people and people in your life, is somebody throws out a name, what's the, the adjective that you think of to describe them? Um, somebody like Mike Tyson, what adjective do you think of? Somebody like uh, Abraham Lincoln, what adjective do you think of? Billy Graham, what do you think of? And, and you, you just throw the list, and there's, there's probably something that pops into your mind about each person as I, as I say the name. Uh, what do you think of when you think of your spouse? What's the adjective, the first word that pops into your mind when you think of your, of your child, uh, your parents, your boss, uh, your coworker, your neighbor, right? But we, we all have different ways to describe them. Um, what, what do you think the adjectives are that people use when they think of you? <laughs> what, what would they put down on their list? Uh, you know, one of the, one of the uh, adjectives that I, I think all of us would hope would be there with this, would be this idea of gentleness or kindness, as we would often describe it today. And so we're, we're going to look at this concept together uh, today as we look through what the Bible says and how it looks like in life today. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the fruit of the Spirit. We thank you that Believers have been given these fruit if they know Jesus as their Savior, that, that, that they have been given the opportunity, endowed by you with these fruit of the Spirit, not, not on our own, but based upon your gracious gift, that, Father, we can live these out and develop them and use them for your glory. Help us, Lord, to be people who are known for our kindness today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right, so let's take a moment, look at this, uh, the concept examined here. You know, there, there are a lot of words for kindness and gentleness that have that root in Scripture. You, you see it appearing in different ways in different times. Um, but the, the, the heart of it is all, all the basic, the same root, the same family, the same kind of idea. And um, as we think about it, um, we, we understand, I think, best just that idea of, of being kind, right? And uh, we, we see that, you know, be kind. You see that sometimes on uh, church or billboards or, or things like that. Um, you know, Tyndale said gentleness is basically courtesy is the concept, being courteous to others. Um, and, and so that's, that's the root of what we're talking about here. Um, it doesn't matter which particular word you're using to describe it at the moment. As we seek to explain it a little more, uh, one of the things that this does is that it actually can draw out uh, just sort of pictures of what it what takes place and looks like. Um, think of someone who has very good manners, right? You know, someone who holds the door for other people or uh, helps helps someone cross the road with their groceries. You, you know, I mean, these these things that we're we're taught of are from kids of uh, what what um, what it looks like. Someone who acts properly in various situations and is encouraging and helpful to others. Um, Some have have described kindness as being like a uh, lubricating oil. It it eases friction and helps things go more smoothly, Um, smooths it out, it mediates. And so in the midst of disputes, uh, kindness can be one who who, uh, helps, you know, that friction between two people and, and mediates it out, smooth those things out a little bit. Um, take two people who are against each other and, and bring them together uh, in the midst of that. And uh, someone who cares about the interests of other people, right? Someone who has their best interests in mind, uh, sometimes even put, putting others before themselves and uh, willing to take on personal sacrifice for, for the sake of others. That's, that's what kindness looks like. And... Uh, how does that come about? How, we, we, you know, let, let's just consider how, how, does, how does someone ever get to that point? Well, let's, let's consider a few examples of it, of uh, where we see this uh, going on. The first is uh, God himself. Romans 2, verse 4 says, Are, uh, Or despiseth thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Okay, Basic word there, goodness. Right, we see goodness uh, used actually two times. Right, goodness of his goodness and forbearance. Later on, knowing the goodness of God leads to repentance. Um, both times, uh, God is is described as good because he takes those who are away from him and he leads them to repentance, leads them to a change of mind. Uh, so. They go from a state of being enemies of God, and God works and uses the power of his spirit, and their mind is changed about who he is. He draws them to himself, and they have a change of mind about God, and they say, yeah, I, I don't want to be his enemy. I, I've done wrong, and, and I want him to be my God. I want him to lead me. Um, why does God do that? Well, it described here is out of his goodness, his kindness, his very nature. And uh, that's pretty good, isn't it? Uh, I mean, 
my automatic response to folks who are my enemies is not always that I want the best for them. <laughs> I don't know what your immediate response is. Maybe you are a little better at that than I am. But my immediate response is not, not always, my first thought is not always, boy, I, I really wish somebody would come along and encourage them and help them. Right? I mean, that, that's not my first thought. I'm just being transparent. But that's the way God thinks. Why? Because he's good and he's kind. And I'm not that good. And I'm not that kind. But, but that's who our, our God is. And, and so, so what, what does it look like when we demonstrate kindness to other people? Well, we're emulating God before them. That's what we're doing. We are taking a characteristic of God and we're putting it on display for others. Uh, that, that's a great thing. Right? That, that is part of, of living out what God has called us to do. Let's look at another passage here. Titus 3.4 But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Kindness here. right? Speaking toward mankind in general. Um, saved and unsaved. And what happened? He appeared. Who is that? Jesus Christ. God demonstrated His kindness toward us in sending His Son, Jesus, to to ultimately be shamed, to suffer, to be demeaned, to be mocked, and to go to the cross and die. To shed his own blood for the sins of the world. That was God the Father's kindness toward us. And allowing that to happen to his son, so that by believing in him, we could have eternal life. That his blood would be shed so that ours doesn't have to be shed. That he could pay for the penalty of our sins. And we could be forgiven. That's, that's kindness. <laughs> that's kindness. And, and God demonstrates that. It's like another way that God demonstrates his kindness here. Ephesians 2 verse 7. In the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. In his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. You know, God shows kindness to those who believe. You, you could almost take the word kindness and consider it a synonym for grace, right? God is giving us something that we don't deserve. What is that? That, that is kindness, right? That is kindness on display. And so kindness and grace are very closely related. As God gives to us things that we, we don't deserve, he is demonstrating his, his kindness toward us. And he does that throughout uh, the life of believer. God continues to be kind. So let's look at some specific examples where we see others demonstrating kindness. Kindness was shown uh, by the, the Good Samaritan. And this is a passage we've looked at quite a bit re recently, but uh, Luke 10 describes these verses here. And Jesus answering, saying, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, his clothing, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. When he saw him, passed by the, he passed on the other side of the road. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him, passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. When he saw him, he had compassion on him. He went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an end, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, gave them to the host, said unto him, Take care of them. Whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I'll repay thee. 
Which now of these three, thinkest thou, was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? He said, He that showeth mercy on him. And said Jesus to him, Go and do thou likewise. You know, there was no reason or no requirement for that Samaritan to get involved. Uh, this was a group of people who were hated by the Jews. Uh, they were considered to be outside of, of God's people and plan. They were considered those who had rejected the true ways of worshiping the true God, Yahweh. And yet here is Jesus using the Samaritan as an example. Why? Because this was a man who demonstrated kindness. Now, what was the requirement? Was the Samaritan required to do all those things? Certainly not required to. I mean, at the very least, he helped a little bit and uh, bound up the wounds. That would have been pretty good, right? I mean, most of us would say, boy, if I'm hurt, if somebody just picked me up and took care of the wounds a little bit, I would take that, right? That'd be, that'd be great. But he went beyond that. He takes him to an end. He pays for the room. He pays for his care. And he says, hey, give him all the care he needs. And not only that, I'll pay for it when I come back. Blank check. Here it is. Take care of this guy. That's kindness. right? That's, that's true kindness. He placed another's well-being above his own. That, that's the example of the Samaritan. This isn't about somehow being religious, right? Having a religious experience or doing a religious thing. This is about Christ being lived out in the life of an individual, demonstrating true kindness to another. Right, let's consider it now in the life of Barnabas. Acts 4, verse 36 and, th verse 36 and 37. And Joseph, who by the apostle was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and bought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. All right, so here's, here's a man here, Barnabas, who says, okay, I have uh, this land, I own it, and instead of me taking care of this land, keeping it for myself, I'm going to sell it, I will take the money, and I'm going to give it to the apostles for the cause of Christ. What, what, what is he doing? He's contributing to the well-being of others. You know, at this time, there was uh, persecution going on. The Church of Jerusalem would be experiencing terrible persecution uh, in the, in the coming, coming years after this. Churches began collecting offerings to, to go to Jerusalem, uh, knowing of, of the great persecution that they were under to, to help people. I mean, believers were out there who, who didn't have food and didn't have basic care. Uh, there were folks who were being imprisoned and, and tortured and beaten because of their faith in Christ. And here's Barnabas saying, look, I, compared to that, I don't need this land. Take the money and go help these people. Uh, that's, that's what he's doing here, and he's contributing to the well-being of others. Another example here of Barnabas in Acts 15. Uh, Acts 15 here, beginning in verse 36. And some days after, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them at, at Pamphylia, and went not with them to the work. The contention was so sharp between them, they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed into Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed, and being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God, he went through Syria and Cilicia and, uh, and confirming the churches. 
what happened? Division here, right? Between Barnabas and Paul. I don't know about you, but uh, if you're going to have a fight against a Christian leader and <laughs> have a difference of opinion, would you want to be a, have a difference of opinion with Paul? Uh, you know, I mean, he, he had that difference of opinion with Peter. It didn't work out too well for Peter. I mean, Peter changed his mind, right? So, you, you know, if, if you have a difference of opinion with Paul, uh, perhaps you need to, you know, pause a minute and say, boy, let me really examine this. And uh, here's, here is Barnabas, and he says, Paul, I understand what you're saying, but... You know, John Mark, and uh, we're talking about Mark, gospel writer of Mark, uh, the book of Mark. Uh, he may have left us before, but he's here now to serve, and he should serve. And uh, described here as, it was so sharp between them that they departed from one another. Barnabas said, look, Paul, if you want to go on, that's fine, but... This is someone who's been restored unto us, and somebody needs to take the time to help him along the way. And, and you know what Paul later would say about John Mark? He's profitable, right? He changed his mind. He saw what it looked like after he was with Barnabas and how he worked in the ministry. And, and later on, Paul would describe him as being good for the ministry, right? Paul changed his mind later on. You know, Barnabas really put himself out there for the good of another. He, he wasn't afraid to, to stand up and speak to someone who was really, say, in, in power, an apostle, and, and say to him, hey, this, this isn't right. This isn't the way to go. He handled the division wisely. Paul and Barnabas continued to be friends. John Mark's restored to the ministry. How does all that happen? Well, he, he was kind. In the midst of, of all of this, he was kind both to John Mark and both in his dealings with Paul. And uh, that illustration we described before, that, that lubricating oil, right? Where there was friction. He worked through it in a way such that they were able to press on in the work of the ministry. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 6. For I only and Barnabas have not we power to forbear working. Right, he would later be in Paul's life once again, and they would work together. Um, that's because of the way that he handled things. So, all right, let's expand this concept a little bit now and consider it in another area, and um, just just think about just some contemporary parallels. What does this look like in life today? And um, some of these things you you think of as as you go through this word, uh, things like. Being good-natured, right? Good-natured around others. Um, gentle, maybe tender, right? These are all kind of demonstrations and synonyms. Uh, someone who is, is perhaps affectionate or someone who doesn't get angry is demonstrating kindness toward others. Someone who has a calmness of spirit. You know, we are certainly in a time right now where uh, when our nation, when, when there is tension going on, Right? And it doesn't take long getting on Facebook to see the tension out there. It doesn't take long to, to see the fights. Boy, I, I'm, I'm in some pastor's groups, and uh, you know, some of these are pretty broad pastor's groups, right? I mean, lo lots of people. And, uh, boy, there's been a lot of tension this week. I, I can tell you, there has been a lot of tension. You know, groups that intentionally stay out of politics were willing to throw it away this week and just go at it. I mean, free for all out there. And, uh, and, and these are pastors. I, look, I, 
being honest, right? So, some of these groups, I mean, some of them don't believe the Bible. Let's just say that, right? Some, some of them don't be, believe the Bible. But they, that, that's the, the broad groups uh, of pastors that are out there. And in the midst of it, the question is, how do you be kind in, in those moments, right? How, how do you be kind in those moments? Let me, let me offer just a, a, a couple of suggestions, right? S- sometimes in the moment, being kind to someone else may mean not saying something, maybe not saying anything in the moment. Sometimes that's just demonstrating kindness. And that's okay. Right? There, there are situations when the kindest thing that you can do is not say anything. Right? I don't know if you've ever been in a situation with someone where um, they are upset about something, emotional about something, right? It, it is deeply important to them. And they are dealing with a particular issue or topic, and maybe they're wrong. I mean, maybe they're just flat out wrong. Okay, no doubt about it, they are wrong. But it is deeply important to them, and it matters a great deal to them, and, and they, are, they are hyped up over it. Okay. What's a kind way to help them in that moment? Could I, could I suggest that perhaps in that moment, the best thing may not be addressing the issue directly? Right? It, it may be looking to them and their particular need and, and showing them kindness. Maybe... I, I can see that you're upset. But why don't we go get something to eat? Right? I mean, that, it, it may be just, okay, let's take care of basic needs. But can, can I offer you something? Can I help, help you? Can I care for you? That, that's a good thing to do. That's showing kindness to someone else, even somebody perhaps you deeply disagree with on an issue. That's okay to do. Nothing wrong with that doesn't mean they're right, right? You don't have to agree with them. It, it, it just means that you're caring for them, okay? And, and, and so kindness is okay in, in, in that way. Another way that you can be kind. Um, when somebody, perhaps they're ready to have a conversation about an issue that is deeply divisive. You don't have to agree, but one of the thing, ways that you can display kindness towards somebody else is by listening to them. It doesn't hurt to listen, right? Your point of view, your perspective, I'm willing to hear what you have to say. That displays kindness to other people. You may know everything they're going to say, right? You might know, already know all the arguments they're going to make. But kindness to them as a person means, okay, well, I'll listen to what you're going to say. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to hear you out. I want to hear what's important to you. That's showing kindness to another person. Okay, you have the conversation, right? We, we just looked at the example of Paul and Barnabas. Did, did Barnabas say to Paul, okay, I heard you out. You were right. You know, John Mark really isn't profitable. Let's just leave him at home. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, he, he didn't do that, right? Uh, I mean, kindness to another person doesn't mean that you have to agree with what they're saying when they're wrong. 
Okay? Kindness to another person uh, may be a matter of simply saying, okay, we're going to agree to disagree on this. Here's where you are. Here's where I am. And we're going to agree to disagree on this. And when you act in kindness in that way, and then they see you actually live out what you declare to be true, they may be persuaded. You know, that happened to Paul. He was persuaded. Yeah, Barnabas, I guess you got that right. John Mark, he is profitable after all, right? I mean, he, he saw it lived out, and then he changed his mind. Why? Because Barnabas was kind to him. And, and I, I just encourage you... Uh, be kind to others. Now, I'll confess, too often I'm unkind, right? I still remember an example of, uh, uh, I had a, a very kind teacher. I remember it was fourth or fifth grade. She was trying to teach me a lesson as a young child. And uh, she said something like, you attract more flies with honey, right? Teaching me to be nice, right? I mean, that, that's what her lesson was. It, you know, it, it, and me being dumb, uh, you know, what do I throw back out? Yeah, unless you want fruit flies, then you use vinegar. And, um, you know, I mean, you know that's, I mean, that, that's just kind of, you know, that, that's me, right? I mean, that's how I build. Uh, but, but there's wisdom, right? Sometimes in, in just the fact that when we are kind to others, uh, we are effective in, in persuading them and recognizing that we care about them as people. Um, folks ought to be able to come to us and talk to us about issues, even sin issues, right? W- without somehow feeling that that uh, you know we're just going to knock them over the head. That that is appropriate. Um, we we should be people that folks can can talk to in these ways. That, that's how we got to live this out. All right. So that's kind of a, the expansion of this. But let's um, look at it for a moment here. Um, as we just kind of deal with the exhortation of this, you know, the, this as individuals ought to be ought to be just the signature of our lives, right? If believers were known as, as kind people, we would be much more effective in, in getting the name of Christ out there. Um, you know, we're we're not we're not talking about somehow just being spiritual or spiritual people or these sort of you know, just sort of whimsical ideas. I and mean, we're, we're talking about a radically different concept in true Christianity. And that means we take the love of God, one who demonstrated kindness to enemy, his enemies, and live it out. And he was willing to do it at great personal cross, uh, cost, even dying on the cross for our sins. And, and so it's a radically different aspect. And as believers, that ought to be the core of, of what we are demonstrating to the world around us. It, it ought to be really just the aspect of, of how we live this out and put Christ on display for others. Um, it ought to be the response when, when, when somebody hurts us or harms us or does something that we don't like, our, our response ought to be geared toward kindness. Why? Because that's what happened with Jesus. Right? When he was beaten and he was wounded and he, and he died on the cross and he still died on the cross for all those who were just beating him. That, that's kindness. That's the love of God. And it ought to be the dominating factor in our lives. Albert Barnes uh, had this following quote. He said, True religion makes 
no one crabbed and morose and sour. Spirituality, or perhaps we use the term Christianity here, sweetens the temper, corrects the disposition, makes the heart kind, disposes us to make all, all around us happy as, as happy as possible. You know, we, we as believers ought to be people who desire for folks to enjoy life, to smile, to be happy, to be encouraged, to be uplifted, and not beat down, right? You know, those, uh, uh, all of those, you know, illustrations or memes, you know, with the Christian with the old frowny faces or, you know, whatever, or the, you know, the, the Puritans and everybody's frowning, you know, it up right. That, that should not be the disposition of Christians as, as just the joy of serving Jesus overflows out of us in kindness toward others. Uh, encourage you to remember, right, even in the midst of, uh, of, of things, perhaps we would say even going our way <laughs> in terms of decisions or, or things, and uh, in the midst of that, to demonstrate kindness toward others. To point folks to Christ. To demonstrate the love of God. And with that, to keep pressing on in the true work that God has called us to. Right? This, this is not a time to, to, to gloat or minimize, but to press on. To do greater service for our Lord. And demonstrate kindness uh, to more and more folks as more and more opportunities come about. You know, this, this truly is this aspect of the fruit of the Spirit being lived out in the lives of believers. And I hope it would be on display in all our lives in this week ahead. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for just this fruit of the Spirit. We thank you for kindness. And, and Father, we pray that today as, as believers we would uh, just be encouraged. Father, many of us are, are rejoicing that at least there are some places in our nation now where children in the womb have are protected. Uh, but Father, we pray this wouldn't be a time in which we're gloating. We're so far short, even today, as, as a nation of, of what your biblical standard looks like. Father, we pray that, that we would be people who are known for our kindness. That, that no one could say that believers today do not care about mothers, Believers today don't care about women who are pregnant and in difficult circumstances and situations. Father, we as, as, a, as a church, and as, as Christians, we those who are known for our kindness. Father, we thank you for the example of Jesus Christ. Who, though we were enemies, demonstrated kindness toward us, took upon himself the suffering and shame of the cross, dying for the sins of the world, that through him we might have eternal life. Father, we thank you that you pursued us. We thank you, Father, for those who have believed. Father, we pray also for those today who have never put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Today would be the day of salvation. Today would be the time when they do believe. Head bowed and eyes closed. I want to give you a chance to respond today. If you'd say, I've, I've never put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ to save me, and I want today to be that day, uh, Pastor, would you just talk to me about it? Is anybody like that? I'd, I'd count a privilege to be able to just sit down with you and open the Word. 
Uh, anybody like that at all? If you just slip up your hand, nobody's looking around. I won't call you out. All right. One more question for you. If you say, Pastor, pray for me. Lord, pricked my heart, and I've certainly not been as kind as I should be. Would you just pray for me that I'd be more kind toward others? It's so clear this is an attribute of God. It ought to be emulated in my life, and I want to be more kind to others. So, Pastor, just pray toward that end. Does anybody like that? Would you slip up your hand? I'm going to call you out. Just pray for you. Amen. Many hands. Many hands. Mine included. Thank you. Thank you. Holy Father, I, I pray specifically for, for those who raised their hands today that uh, you would just work in hearts and lives. And uh, Father, we're, we're so quick to, to look to ourselves and our own interests. Help us to look to others and, and their interests, even, even when they've wronged us or even when what they're declaring is wrong. Father, we, we know that you have demonstrated what it looks like to make an enemy your friend. Because if we know you, you've done that for us. And Father, we we just pray that in this week ahead, you would help us to grab onto that truth and and to live it out for your glory. That others would be just... be able to see the display of your love and your kindness through us. Father, we can't do that on our own. We need your help. We beg for your grace. Father, we pray that through this all, we as your people would be be better witnesses for you. We pray these things all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, gentlemen, if you come lead us in our next song. God loves you and me. Shall we all stand and encourage you to uh, drop your uh, connection cards and the offering plate as it comes around. I want to let you know uh, we will not be having an afternoon service uh, this week. Um, next week, the plan is to do, um, uh, we're, we're not planning an afternoon service next week either. We're planning to do VBS door hangers. Um, so six o'clock, come back out uh, next Sunday and uh, we'll, we'll go to some of the local neighborhoods around here and uh, put, put door hangers on the door. Uh, we won't be knocking on all the doors. This is kind of just a information drop, right, to let people know about, about VBS coming up. But uh, that's the plan next Sunday, 6 o'clock. 
Um, now we'll have more details to that, and if uh, if you know, so here's here's the uh, here's the deal, kind of with with printing right now. It, every, you never know if something's going to get done on time right now, and uh, everybody's dealing with these shortages and things. So um, we're in the queue. The door hangers have been ordered; they're on the way. And uh, the the question remaining is: Are they going to be here by Sunday or not? And uh, with with COVID and factories and all this stuff, you, you just don't know these days. So, uh, so anyway, I, I will let you know um, through through email or, or, or some other means this week, text if if that gets moved to another date. Um, so I, I just throw that out there because it's weird right now, right? It's just weird right now. But um, but that's the plan as it stands today. Um, but let's look, go ahead and look to the Lord in prayer, Heavenly Father. Uh, we do thank you uh, for this chance that we've had to to worship you today and. Father, we, we know that now is another opportunity to worship you with our tithes and offerings. We thank you that you allow us uh, to give back a portion of what you've blessed us with. And we just pray, Lord, that we would be joyful in that. Uh, Father, we, we pray that these funds would be used for the furtherance of your kingdom. We pray that, uh, Lord, things that, that honor you and bring praise to your name would come out of this. And, uh, Father, we, we know that today is a day in which uh, many of us are re- rejoicing. And we just give thanks to you, uh, Father, for your working. Uh, but, Father, we pray that uh, we would be ready and willing to do the work that's yet to come. And that we pray these things all in Jesus' name. Amen.